0: Welcome to Dogma and Devotion, the podcast that sheds light on the beauty and truth of the Catholic faith. We discuss a wide range of topics from the viewpoints of two complementary vocations of the church. I'm Ashley here with Father Dupre, and on today's episode, we're reflecting on the gospel for the third Sunday of Lent, year B.
1: The Lord be with you.
0: And with your spirit.
1: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John.
0: Glory to you, O Lord.
1: Since the Passover of the Jews was near, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple area those who sold oxen sheep, and doves, as well as the money changers seated there. He made a whip out of cords and drove them all out of the temple area with the sheep and oxen, and spilled the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And to those who sold doves, he said, Take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. His disciples recalled the words of Scripture, Zeal for your house will consume me. At this the Jews answered and said to him, What sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said, This temple has been under construction for forty-six years, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. Therefore, when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they came to believe the scripture and the word Jesus had spoken. While he was in Jerusalem for the Feast of Passover, many began to believe in his name when they saw the signs he was doing. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. The Gospel of the Lord.
0: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. The OG spring cleaning of the church. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so we kind of see, we have this commercialization of the temple and, um, I always make the joke that's probably not funny anymore, but every time we have a bake sale in the back of church and father Mark or father Stephen comes by, I will beg them not to flip my tables, (laughs) but, um, this is really something completely different. This is not raising funds with some brownies and cookies to put back into the church. These are men who are set up in an area that's meant for worship that is um, commercializing the what will be the worship space. So where prayers are supposed to be focused, we're just seeing this like exchange of money and goods.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was also caught by wh- to whom exactly. It specifies which merchants he said the, the, his first words to, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. And I don't know how intentional this is. I mean, we know Scripture is replete with many meanings. It's living and alive. And I thought to myself, gosh, that is something that only the poor would purchase, doves. That was the sacrifice that Joseph and Mary offered for um, the presentation. And I thought to myself, the enslavement of the poor to, like, how there are certain things out there in commerce that seem to have, um, a way of keeping people enslaved to certain goods that they may not need, or perhaps a little bit of discipline they could learn to be without. But there's a, there's an extortion that goes on, like making a profit over those who really don't have the funds. And I don't know. I just maybe <laughs> took that deeper than maybe what was intended there. Maybe it, <laughs> it was just for the sake of the record. Like, who did he say these to? Oh, those guys that were selling the doves. But it is, there is something to me kind of symbolic about it. You know, take these out of here and stop making my father's house a marketplace. You know, the poor can buy. So if the poor can buy these, then everybody can buy these. Maybe it was just a, there's a large amount of these things. Right. And, they, they do make noise. <laughs> and it's like, that would get in the way of prayer. You know, these, these things making their noises. And um, yeah, I think we got to get in there and talk about like, why, why the fierceness in our Lord, this is your savior, right? The one time Jesus got a weapon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, what does this really mean? Um, you know, there's a seriousness here. This is not just s- someone with human nature. There's a note about that at the end of this passage. But Jesus would not trust himself to them because he knew them all and did not need anyone to testify about human nature. He himself understood it well. Um, he's He is showing his um, identity. He calls God his father, we know that this eventually is what will be used as a charge against him for a a mock trial and he could not lie about who he is he is the eternal son of god and so he he references himself to the father stop making my father's house a marketplace and you know so they're in the church this catechumens right and this sunday and they are going to be entering into sonship right adopted sonship through baptism and you will take this spirit of the son you know do you have zeal to enter this house do you understand that this is where you will come and offer sacrifice in this spirit you will receive in christ
0: yeah i I whenever i Read that line um, at the very end, Jesus would not trust Himself to them because He knew them all. It, it sort of makes like the whole gospel clear where they're saying, um, What sign can you show us for doing this? They don't care about the mission. They have this like deficiency in faith where it's they're marveling at all the miracles that He's doing, but they're not grasping the significance of the mission and why He's here. And, you know, for us, the we become these temples through the Holy Spirit where we're holding him within us in the Eucharist. And if we have this dirty temple and our desires are misordered and we're not serving the Father, but we're we're putting our money and all these other things and we're not leaving room for prayer, then if there's no reverence in all, where is our heart? And this is the time during Lent to cleanse our own temples, uh, the temples of our souls and our bodies, so that we can reverently uh, accept him in the Eucharist. And if you want to know how, then you have the first reading, which gives you all the commandments. So if you're not following something in the first reading, then that's where we're off. And, you know, the money exchange is not correct. We got the wrong money.
1: That's that's it, yeah. What's our currency? What are we deeming as valuable in our lives? I think that's always going to be the takeaway when you go to this uh, set of verses from the second chapter of John's Gospel is where is your heart, right? Where is your treasure? And we can, because of that intrinsic relationship between soul and body, but now it is corrupted where we we're not totally destroyed we're not unsalvageable we're not we're not calvinist we're not those who believe that there is nothing redeemable we don't we don't take it that far but we do have the ancient wound of original sin and we are called into this integrity this harmony between body and soul but as we experience the pull of our passions and the desires of the flesh we, we we experience this in an ongoing way. The Catechism talks about this in her section on a baptism. Like we continue to feel those things that make for sin, the tender of sin. And these things can be ignited to a flame if, if we're not aware of it. We call this concupiscence. And so Christ is being the good shepherd here. He's like, whew, the flesh is going to be too tantalized in here. With this uh lust for profit, right, like Ashley was saying our Catholic daughters in there with you know a tray of brownies, this is not for profit, you know they've made these things as a sacrifice of their Ingredients they've purchased and their time in the kitchen, the whatever hit the electricity bill, the gas bill in the oven, and all this. You know, these were things made, if you will, at a loss. This was not for gain, and everything is rolled back into the church. Good works and whatever she needs, whether that's maintenance or it's to help to do some good work in the name of the church. Well, what Christ is driving out is that disordered way. Of letting the body be leading the soul, right? And the soul's treasure is the relationship we have in Christ to the Father. And so He, yes, very, very graphically gives a demonstration of what is important in here. And they, they, right? They challenge Him uh, whenever they ask for that sign, right? What sign can you show? F- for us for doing this, that, um, what, what you are just overthrowing right now. And Jesus, he's like, I won't meet you in that. And he says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. You know, he, he's meeting them right where they are attached. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're attached to the edifice, right? And the Jews said the temple has been under construction for 46 years and you will raise it up in three days. There, There isn't this sense of like, you are talking to the eternal word of God made flesh. And they see him as clearly younger than 46 years, right? And three days, you know, they're looking at things by human metrics. And of course it goes on, but he was speaking about the temple of his body.
0: Yeah, the, the temple of his body that becomes that the new sacrifice, like it says he... Uh, he clears out the sheep. He clears out the ox and the doves. Those are all of the things from the old sacrifice that people would have to to give in their liturgical setting. But now we don't need that anymore.
1: He meant to that. He's coming to deliver himself. Right. He is the high priest who will offer himself as the sacrifice, and the the temple will be that of his body. And this just continues in the Catholic Church where you have it expressed in the Holocaust of priestly celibacy and there is a sign right there in the offering of the Eucharistic sacrifice which as we hold it the body blood soul and divinity is present and it is it is called a sacramental presence Christ you know he is God He has ubiquity. He is present in everywhere and everything. He is a sustainer of all living things. And yet here he is making himself present, making possible the church's participation in the Lord's sacrifice. You're brought into baptism with that insight to actually participate in Christ's offering of himself. And so, again, baptism looks towards Christ's own offering of himself to the Father. And so there is a a declaration being made here in John's gospel that, that Christ will fulfill on Good Friday. He will deliver the very sacrifice and it will become our new life. And it will just continue to be offered throughout time as the eternal God once said, it holds for eternity. Do this in memory of me. And so we're, we're brought into that in every single mass. And as we then consume body, blood, soul, and divinity, we become part of the temple, right? He, he says he's going to uh, raise it up, right? In three days, well, we are brought into the resurrection that takes three days from the deliverance of himself and this new sacrifice. It's like Ashley says, we've he's gotta take away all these other things. And that's why you could say there was some practical purpose for them being there at all, right? Because they knew that the these people worship this way in these old ways. Right. But Christ says, "Mm -mm. you you don't see the sacrifices here. I'm talking to you. This is the life. This is I'm going to give you a direct relationship with the father that these other sacrifices cannot compare to.
0: Such a great time this Lent just to get in there, get in the confessional, flip your own tables, clean your heart out and just be ready for Easter and that resurrection of Christ.
1: Amen to that. Close in prayer. Let's do that. All right. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Amen.
1: We thank you, God, for giving us the sign of your presence, which is true and real and connects us as living members of the new temple that is the body of the Son of God. Take us as your own. Help us to remove all things that have Sullied the temple that have prevented us from offering clean and pure hearts with sight made pure, that we may come to see you in resurrection glory at the end of this season. We ask this in your holy and precious name, Jesus Christ our Lord.
0: Amen. In the
1: name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit.
0: Amen. Thank you for joining us. We will return for our next episode with the gospel for the fourth Sunday of Lent, Latari Sunday.